Good morning, Sarah Hepla. Good morning, Nancy Ramaman. I can't see so, you. I'm not. I know. I'm not actually sure it's you. I'm feeling. I'm feeling a little insecure. Nancy, it's me. You can tell it's me. It is. Um, because I know your your nickname, Moderate Milf. Which I thought it was number one, Nancy. You have a lot of nicknames, but I feel like everybody knows that you're number one, Nancy. But only I <laughs> know that you are Moderate Milf. This is you our know, code I, name. Never... When we're stuck, like like when when we're like um, when the robots come and you're like, I don't know if this is really Sarah. You have to be like, what's my name? What's my nickname? And if the the robot is like, your nickname is like, um, you know, Cool Nancy or whatever the stupid robot's gonna say. If that robot doesn't say moderate MILF, you need to kill that robot. I know that it's not you. you now, I have something to admit, though, Sarah. When I got that moderate MILF designation after we took the uh, "Are you a MILF?" test, don't, I really don't, don't even. Don't. I, I, I really don't even think I'm a moderate MILF. I think I'm like a mild MILF. Really, what's the difference between mild and moderate? I feel like moderate really kind of well, like captures you. Well, it's sort of like when you go to a restaurant and it's like, how spicy do you want it? Mild, Mm -hmm. moderate, or hot? And you, of course, were like all the way off the scale. And I don't know. I feel kind of, I feel kind of tepid when it comes to milfing. Yeah. I'm like, hurt your tummy, milf. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, like, you're from the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Um, I know. Well, I disagree. I really disagree. But um, we'll leave it up to the listeners to decide. Um, they can vote uh, by emailing us. So we should explain why we're so confused about who's on the other side of this call right now. Uh, yeah, and it it has to do with the weather, I think. Um, yeah. Very, very windy where Sarah is right now in Galveston, Texas. Are you are you like having an affair with Galveston? This is like twice in two weeks, Sarah. I'm I'm getting a sense. I got jealous of you dating that trauma plot story in New Yorker. And so I wanted to see what I could cook up with the city of Galveston. Um, I have come back here two weeks after you and I were here to reconfirm that I have something going on with Galveston. I don't want you to be jealous. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. You know why? Also, because even though... I do not have the greatest of showers in my New York City apartment. You, without a doubt, have, what did I tell you yesterday? God must love dirty girls because there's no way to take a shower at a Galveston hotel. You walk in and you're like, okay, I don't have a degree in advanced trigonometry. There's actually instructions next to the shower and you're, but they also don't make any sense. So it's just like, you're like, all right, I'll just, I'll just, I'll do a little, uh, a little sponge bath. I need to I need to explain what's going on here. So first of all, Nancy and I can't see each other because we're not using video. We're we're recording this on audio yeah. only. So we are we are limited in the same way that our listeners are normally uh limited. We normally can see each other. I can see how lovely she looks uh today. Mm-hmm. I she could be wearing I wouldn't even know. But the point is that my um my internet is a little spotty here because Galveston is you know, it's 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 Hurricane Harbor over here, and the wind outside is so crazy. I went to go get a latte this morning, and the wind blew it out of my cup. Like like the wind Whoa. like sloshed <laughs> the latte over the side. 
<laughs> and I was wow. like, oh my God, it's crazy. Um, so I did a smoking diary this morning too. So listeners can, can enjoy the delightful sound of my trying to light my cigarette in gale force winds. But I got here yesterday. I checked into an Airbnb. You know, the last time we were here, you and I stayed in a really grand hotel. It's actually called the Grand Galvez. And, you know, it was this is really fascinating, great Gatsby-esque sort of hotel. Um, but the the actual room itself was a little bit it was moderate for sure. And then it had this wild in incomprehensible shower that seemed to be from the future to which you quipped, I've seen the future and it doesn't want us to shower. That's right. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, you know what you guys, um, uh, if people have seen the show notes, we did post a picture a couple of weeks ago and we'll do it again, but it's, it, it makes no sense. And we thought, well, you know, this hotel, they're maybe trying to do things and kind of like a, slick way. You know, sometimes people are like, well, we knew it was, we knew it was going to be difficult, but it's different. It's like, yeah, sometimes different isn't good. And, but we thought it was a one-off. Well, apparently not. Apparently the people that sell these shower systems had a very (laughs) ready market in Galveston because Sarah is now stuck again with this. Can I, can I say something about the weather there? I learned today that there's something called an atmospheric river. Have you heard of this? Do no, you know but that's is? beautiful. Yeah, it's when um, it can be typically, I'm reading this from the CNN Five Things uh, um, little newsletter they send out, typically 250 to 375 miles wide, atmospheric rivers can stretch more than a thousand miles long. And they're, they account for 30 to 50% in the Western US of the annual precipitation. And it's rain that just comes like crazy, crazy, crazy rain, like they've been experiencing in California and maybe a little bit of what you're experiencing in Galveston. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, so I got here yesterday. It was super hot yesterday, by the way. Um, I had looked at the weather and it was going to be 56 to 65 and stuff like that. That's what it is today. But yesterday it was like, 85. It was, you know, and it was Sunday and it was like, it's spring break and everybody was partying. And, you know, cause Galveston is this beach town here in, in Texas. So I get to my Airbnb, which is, um, on the strand, which is over by where the cruise ships come in. And I come into my little loft. It's small, but it's very intimate and nice. And I walk into the bathroom and I look at the shower and I'm just like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. You got, I got to go home. I got to go home. <laughs> I have to go home. And I sent, I sent Nancy a picture of the shower. It's the first thing I did. was just like, what the fuck? And then there's actually like a instructions in my Airbnb instruction manual, which I also sent to her, which were incomprehensible. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. The, the grifter that came through this town with these goddamn showers and sold them to everyone. The the 21st century snake oil. There's no um, There's no bathtub here. Oh, well, see, this is that I, you know, we've talked about this. I'm sure this is super interesting for the listener. I, I can't, well, I can obviously, but I couldn't rent an apartment that didn't have a tub. Number one, and then even when Cannot. I travel, when I'm going, to, I'm going to Portland next month for a week, and um, the people I usually stay with, their house <laughs> a tree fell on their roof, so I'm probably going to get a hotel or an Airbnb. And I'm looking at the pictures, like, is there a tub or just a shower? Because, like, getting in the tub at the end of the day after a long day of reporting, especially if it's kind of cold and damp out, it's just it's it's necessary. 
Um, and, and a tip for listeners, and, and Sarah and I talked about this, when you're going to a hotel, if you do like bathtubs, you can ask. And sometimes they will have some rooms with tubs. And they can say, oh, okay, yeah, we do. We, we have a few. So you can get that. And Sarah, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but did I come to your rescue last night on a very important night in American culture? Nancy, can I toot your horn? You may, but don't say what it is because then they're going to come to my house and bang down the door. So you got to be a little vague about what it was. Well, exactly. Okay. You know. Okay. Well, uh, what I can tell you is, I got to this hotel, uh, Airbnb, and I was watching the Oscars. Last night was the Oscars. Okay. I've yep. been watching the Oscars since I was like six years old. Like I used to dress up as a little kid to watch the Oscars, so I could pretend that I was one of the fancy people. Okay. That's. I used to pray to a god that I didn't believe in to make school. <laughs> canceled the next day so that I could stay up and find out who won best picture. That was my dedication to this stupid parade of celebrity that's been going on in our culture for 95 years now. All right. So get to the hotel last night. It's an Airbnb. And I turn on the flat screen TV with the confounding remote and I'm watching the ABC lead up, right? The like ABC red carpet thing. And you and I are texting each other because we're going to watch it. And we just, we text each other all the time. And all of a sudden the red carpet thing ends and then 2020 starts. (laughs) And I'm like, what? What? Why is 2020 starting? And so then I go over, it's like, oh no, you got to watch live TV. Okay. So I go over to live TV and there is a menu of, I'm not kidding you, a thousand channels, literally a thousand. A it's thousand like a channels. It's like the shower. There's a thousand and my, choices and you can't get any of them to work. I got a, I got a finger cramp, like scrolling through. I had to change fingers scrolling through the menu to find ABC, which they did not have. They had Fox and NBC, but not ABC. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to download an app. I'm like, you're, you're, you're saying things to me like that opening was pretty good. And I'm like, I can't watch it. I can't watch it. So then I go to my laptop. Then I go to YouTube and YouTube is like, it has it for the, the hearing impaired. So like I could watch somebody signing it. Oh, Sarah. I know. And I'm like, and then I go to Twitter and I'm like, maybe I'll just, I'll just watch clips. And so anyway, so to delicately toot your horn, but with discretion, um, you were like, Hey, let me help you out. Lady. Lady, why don't you take this? And you offered me something, which was a magical passcode that unlocked the Oscars for me. I gave her a login to how I watch television. And uh, she got in right away. So we were able to watch it and and have, I got to say, it's probably a 200 thread of of texts that we were watching. And um, and Yeah, let's read it. The whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Let's start. Okay. So I said. So then I go. So then I. So then I texted. <laughs> LOL. Well, and then. No. And then Nancy texted. Wait, I have to go to the Good bathroom. No. I have to go to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> no. No. I, I have to say, let's let's just talk a little bit about this because we did last night, and I don't think that we were the only ones. I haven't watched the Oscars in a few years. First of all, I used to love watching the Oscars too. I used to dress up sometimes too, and we'd have like hors d'oeuvres and maybe even some bubbles. I've done that with friends. I did that when I was younger. 
my husband did was like zero interest in the auction. Yeah. So he was not going to participate. And then I was like, you know, when you're like sitting and watching it by yourself, it's just not yeah. a big deal. And then I moved to New York. I really don't think I have watched the Oscars more than a few minutes in four years. Maybe a little bit because I kind of got kind of bored by it. It got kind of preachy and it just felt, yeah. it felt, we've talked a little bit about like, is it the end of movies? Uh, just didn't, yeah. it had, it was starting to get a hoary H-O-A-R-Y uh, sense. W-H-O-R-E-Y. No, now I don't use that word. Not since, since <laughs> I had a traumatic experience with that word when I was 12 and I, I tried, don't use it. But in any case, um, I was like, okay, because you wanted to watch it. We thought we might want to talk about it. So I turned it on. I didn't really watch any of the red carpet, just a little bit. I tried to watch the E! Entertainment red carpet, and I thought the person doing the interviewing was so boring and just did not have the touch. You know, who, were you the one that texted me? Like, I miss Joan Rivers. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 100%. You, and I, I texted yeah. that. I tweeted that last night, and, and it got... I don't ever go viral, but it got it went like mini viral for me. Like I got like a hundred. You had like a com a common cold like kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it just was. It would the 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 gal just didn't have the touch. It was just like kind of wooden, and um, it was true on ABC. I watched the ABC News red carpet, and it was just some dude. It was like some middle aged dude, and then these two ladies, and and it was just like it's honestly like watching somebody look for the cool kids at the lunch table. They're just uh, like, hey, 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 Jessica Chastain. Hey, Jessica, um, Jessica Chastain is not going to talk to us. You know, and it, it's just um, it's so tedious. Was that the AP one? Because No, the AP that AP one is what I watched. What? Um, that was no, bananas. that's the best one. No, that's the best one because I watched that before Golden Globes and like they don't really know what they're doing. They've never done it before and they don't have anybody. And so um, they're really like, that's a special kind of tedium. It was what I saw of that, it was just paparazzi screaming. So, Jessica, 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 oh, where's Jessica? It was, it made me realize what a terrible job for me. I'm sure there are other people. I've actually know people that, that have performed that job in Hollywood. It seemed so awful. And then the people having to like, you know, walk up and you could see some of them were pros. Who was, you know, who was a pro? Sandra Oh. She got Such up there. Power. She looked great. She looked great and she was joking with them. She wasn't just yeah. like, oh, smiling. Here's my leg. Here's my dress. Show me your dress. It was, uh, she was like, okay, we're going to have fun with this. So, um, yeah, so I didn't watch too much of that. Um, but I did see the opening, which was Jimmy Kimmel, who I had no big, I mean, I don't, I think Jimmy Kimmel's politicking has been not to my taste the past couple of years, but I really don't pay any attention to him. I, I, he seems fine. He's sometimes funny. I used to think he I was thought, really funny. Do you remember him on Win Ben Stein's Money? No, I, I okay. remember that show vaguely, but I, I don't remember him on it. He was like this weird Ed McMahon character on Win Ben Stein's Money, which was a strange little cultural distraction that happened in the like late 90s, early aughts. Yep. Yep. And um, it was a weird game show, and he was the guy. And I always thought he was like super funny and cute. And then, you know, he became Jimmy Kimmel um, with a strange stop at the man show when he used to be friends with Adam Carolla who I also think is really funny and fascinating. Yeah, he can be funny. Well, I thought the opening, I mean, there were a few clunkers and I'm probably about 15 seconds too long about Will Smith 
but without like exactly saying Will Smith, but I thought it was actually pretty charming. And there were some, I thought some pretty funny bits he was saying to uh, Steven Spielberg. Now, okay. He was saying something about who was he looking at? Someone he's like, you're on mushrooms right now. Some guy who does a lot of drugs. I can't remember who it was. Um, and he's like, yeah, and Steven Spielberg, you, you tell me you weren't on mushrooms when you were, you know, making E.T. And Steven Spielberg's like, no, you know, I've never done any drugs. He's like, so basically you were making this movie about an extraterrestrial and they sit around and eat Skittles and you weren't stoned. You're telling me, anyway, I'm doing a terrible job with it, but it was funny and it was cute. And I think it was sweet. And the message last night for me and Sarah agreed and she had some other friend who texted the same Last night was pretty sweet, man. I mean, there was a lot of thanking of the moms in a way that wasn't saccharine. There were people up on stage saying thank you in ways that were so disarmingly sincere. Um, Do you want to give some examples people, of that? What struck you? Well, what, what one that struck um, you? Okay. Well, first of all, the one that springs to mind immediately was um, Brandon Frazier for the whale, but that oh, was geez. even beyond, that was beyond sincere. And I, and I will say, what did I say? I called it Sarah. I was like, they're going to give it, they're going to give it to Brandon Frazier. Can I, I, can I just this. let the listeners know that Nancy has a really spooky, um, intuitive sense of who's going to win Oscars, but not, I don't think before the show, but like as the show was going, yes. you were calling all the people that were going to win. It was really interesting because I think, I think I was, <laughs> You you really were. It was really <laughs> right as they started to do the best actor. She's like, I think they're going to give it to Frazier. And I was like, man, Austin Butler's won all of these leading up because, you know, he wins the Golden Globe, you know, because there's like 20 yeah. award shows before yeah. this one. So there's a kind of drum roll that, that leads into the Oscars. But, but it's all it's all sort of it's all about coordinates, right? Um, um, Austin, what's his last name? Sorry. Butler. 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 He's young. Uh, he's won all the awards. Uh, Brandon Frazier is like our age. He is, um, he's had some real ups and downs. He's been around for a while. I think he's been kicked around a bit and he played a role. I have not seen the whale, but I do want to see the whale. Um, and I believe that there is some, I believe the voting sort of takes this into consideration. People are human. Yes, both performances are great. They're different. Who do we want to honor? Brandon Fraser is probably not going to do another The Whale, but maybe he is now. You see, it it kind of like almost, it almost opens an estuary for further success for him. Mm. I think, I think Elvis is sort of like set for a while and, and, you know, he did, he's gotten a lot of accolades. So Brandon Fraser was one, but he was so rocked. Yeah. This is the thing, you know, you actors are actors and they're able to be like kind of polished and special and, and maybe they sound a little bit not canned, that's the wrong word, but, you know, rehearsed yeah. in their speeches. Brandon Fraser was completely knocked off his pins. I mean, he was crying. I That's the first text I sent you. That's the text you sent me when the I was first like, one. I can't, Nancy, I can't watch this show because she Nancy texts me and she's like, Brandon Fraser already crying. And I was like, why? He's already crying. Why? They were literally, it was the opening and he was just, he was overcome. And that, okay, that's, I think, a good word for it. He was overcome. And I think a lot of people, including me last night, were somewhat overcome by the real sort of crazy tenderness and these crazy stories that happened. Okay, so let's name another one. We cannot, can, I'm not done. I'm not done with yes. Fraser yet. Yeah, can, yeah, yeah. Can I say one yeah, thing yeah, about yeah. Fraser that really moved of me? Of course. 
Yeah, yeah. So he gets up there and he wins and, and he's like crying and, and he's talking about his career and he says, you know, this thing that I found so profound, he's talking about his early career and he says, there was a facility, um, in my early career that I didn't understand until it stopped. Yeah. And that yeah. really hit me because I have the same experience. Like I think a lot of us do that. If you have early success, if you have, you know, and I didn't have Brendan Fraser success, but there was a way in which my career was just rocking and you just sort of think it's going to keep going up and then it stops and you're like, Oh, that doesn't like, this isn't an arrow that just points up. And I didn't understand that. This is especially after my first book. You know, my first book debuts on the New York Times bestseller list. And it's like, well, wait till the second one comes out. Then it's going to debut at number one. You have this like grandiose, crazy idea of what your career is going to be. And what happens is you don't realize that it's not an arrow pointed up. It's a, it's a, it's a crazy roller coaster ride. And like, you know, three years later, I'm going to be like, can I apply for DoorDash? And, and I didn't understand that actually it's five years later, but like, you know, I didn't understand that at the time. And he didn't understand that when he was appearing in King of the Jungle or George in the Jungle and Caveman or whatever the hell he was doing. And he's this like beefcake guy that's getting cast in everything one after another. You know, he started in like dazed and confused, didn't he? Or is that his brother? I can't remember now. Yeah, There's a know. Fraser somewhere. And, you know, he, he, he just bottoms out like, like here is the guy that was in George of the Jungle because his body was like Adonis is now starring in a movie called The Whale. And it, that's what, so and, and by the way, like that's the movie that allows him to like, like put his soul into this work. I mean, Sarah, we can't, we can't know these things when we're starting out. We don't know what's around the bend and how, you know, I think what he meant to the facility was maybe even like his ability to tap into that deep, deep hurt and well of acting and bring it out. Of course, you don't yeah. know this at 23. I mean, a few people might, maybe you've got like a Daniel Day-Lewis or something, but yeah. most people don't know. You learn so much from from failing. Um, yeah. My daughter's kindergarten teacher used to say to them, um, make mistakes. That's how you learn. And I'm not saying Brandon Fraser made mistakes in his career, but you just, you know, it's I think a he did. terribly, well, maybe so, but it's a terribly bruising industry. It is absolutely unforgiving until they decide they want to, uh, you know, elevate you. Somebody takes a chance. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm I thought, also, I'm, I'm worried about Austin Butler now. Well, I wouldn't worry too much about him. He's what, 20, eight years old or something. He's stuck in that role. He cannot get out of it. Well, like, I'm genuinely, to, like, he, I, I'm genuinely worried about him. That, that, well, that movie, he stopped filming it a year ago and he's still giving red carpet interviews in the Elvis voice. Well, Sarah, he'll have to cut his own path and make certain decisions for himself. And Hopefully, you know, I, I will say you were El such a tough mom. Like uh, I am the like, well, like mom yeah. that's like, honey. And you're like, kid, no, you're going to have to make your own get, lunch. You're going to have to get out this door. Get back out there. Get back out there. Um, yeah. I'm a, one of the, okay. This is true. I think the last thing my dad ever said to me 
before he died. And it wasn't the day he died. I had, I didn't see him for about a week before he died was keep punching honey. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, he will be fine. He will be fine. I believe. And, and, and if he chooses for whatever reasons he does to continue as Elvis, then, you know, within however many years, 15 years, he'll have a nightly show in Las Vegas. So, you know, that's, I just he, think he's he going to start doing drugs. I just, I, I don't know. There's something like really oh, ha- I'm getting Sarah. a haunting about him, like because the Elvis story. You know, it's just like you get, it's, it's, it's a repeat of the Elvis story. Elvis gets stuck in Las Vegas and then he starts doing drugs because he can't go anywhere. And it's like I just see Butler doing the same thing, where like he can't get out of this role and he starts doing drugs because drugs are what you do when you want to travel and you're stuck. And it's just, I don't know, I'm, I'm being melodramatic, huh. but it's just an intuitive well, sense. Like your sense of like who was going to win that award was dead on. But I think my sense of, of like what happens to people when they get stuck places is pretty, is pretty good. Well, I hope you're wrong. If I, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't want to say that. I think you're wrong, but I, I hope you are wrong for his, I hope I'm wrong too. for his sake. Um, all right. So let's talk about another, uh, actor that won. Uh, let's see if I can say his name right. It is um, Kei Hui Kwan, who won for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, this was so incredibly moving. Mm. First of all, um, for people that don't know, he was the little kid in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. So when he wins his award, who do they pan to in the audience smiling ear to ear? Yeah. Steven Spielberg. Yeah. And then later on, at the very end, when Harrison Ford is giving the Best Picture Award, he is uh, he is standing up and just cheering, meaning the actor, that one whose name, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm probably butchering Ke Hui Kwan. I think that's pretty close. He gets up. He was a, he was a refugee. He was a boat person um, that came over with his mother. Maybe his father. He didn't mention his father. He spent a year in an internment camp. He... Uh, he went on and did some child acting, had some success and did have some success, you know, as a, as a teenager and a young adult. He was in the Goonies. He's in the Goonies. Yep. But, but I think there were, there were lean years. He worked as a stunt coordinator. They mentioned that. Um, But I got to tell you, Sarah, I'm going to get verklempt just saying it. He's like, this is the American dream. It is the American dream. It is the American dream in action. I think that's inarguable. And it was also the first award of the night, I believe, for um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which, full disclosure, I didn't love as much as everybody else, but that's fine. I liked it. Um, this movie, you were the one that was telling me, and I think it was really supported as we watched it sweep. This movie was made by a bunch of art kid weirdos, okay? It was just like, we're going to do this crazy thing that hasn't been done before. It's going to be done in ways. And to see that that can also work the just the just sort of like it's super glossy it's super wonderfully done but it's also just so weird that that can win that was just a a beautiful aspect of the night what what do you think Sarah Hepla I think so many things I mean the everywhere all everything everywhere all at once was my favorite movie of the year and when I left the theater, I actually said to the person I was with, I think that's the best movie I've ever seen. Now, I haven't gone back and seen it, so I don't... It was almost like a vibe. Like, I I hardly remember it. 
And, but it was so, so, so deep for me. Like I know that for a lot of people the the movie is overwhelming visually. It's, it's spectacular, but confounding. The plot is hard to follow. And for me, it was like this ride I was taking that I almost, when it was done, I was almost like, I couldn't remember. And it was this incredible ode to motherhood that I just found, I felt like deep in my bones. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. a story about a mother and a daughter. And it's funny because my mom just watched it. And I thought that my mom, my mom is like 78, I think. My dad is like 82. And I was like, oh, they're going to hate this movie. And I talked to my mom the other day and she was like, oh, I loved it. And she was like, it reminded me of oh. us. And and what she means by that. Of course that it did is that when I was 13, my mother and I were so, so at each other. Like we just couldn't, you know, there's almost like this thing where you have to differentiate. You know, you have this, you know, the mom has to accept that this person that she brought into the world is not her. And the daughter has to accept that this person that has known her better than everyone else in the world, you know, is is not is not who she is. She has to strike out and 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 make her own way. You know, my mom and I got really crossways when I was thirteen. It was really, it was really tough. It was tough for her. It was tough for me. And and this is a story about a mother and daughter. It's a story about so many other things, but it's about that and their differentiation and the ways that they hold on to each other and let go. I mean, I, I found it was just like incredibly moving. Like I cried in that movie. I laughed so outlandishly. There's like ridiculous sight gags of like fingers as penises and all sorts of dildos. I mean, it's just, it's art weird, weirdness. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. you know, it's directed by two men. Uh, they call themselves the Daniels. They met in Emerson, uh, at Emerson College and they were directing music videos and they decided to direct a movie together. I don't know if this is their first movie. I, I don't know that much about them. One is named Daniel Kwan and he talked about his Chinese parents watching movies as an escape when they were younger and and passing that love along to him. I mean, through it's so interesting because throughout this evening... You know, it was definitely like the inclusive Oscars. Like there was the first black woman to win two Oscars for costume design. There was the first this, that, and the other thing. And it really worked though, Sarah. It, but I was, it worked. I got us. Yeah, like really the Tollywood. <laughs> yeah, like the RRR people that were, you know, the Tollywood um which I didn't understand the difference between Bollywood and Tollywood, but I don't either. I, I've never heard Tollywood until you just said it. I know I didn't. Variety kept doing these. It, it, I kept thinking they had a typo in their headlines because they were saying Tollywood music wins, you know, best song, and I was like, oh, that's embarrassing for the person that just. But it's a different language. <laughs> Bollywood is in Hindu, and Tollywood is in a, a different a different language. So, um, so RRR was this song that's very exuberant. I mean, I was not crazy about the, I wanted to like the performance more than I did. I thought it reminded me of kind of like the spirit of like 1950s Oklahoma kind of thing. Like, you know, there's a lot of birdie. Exactly. It was very, it was so bye bye birdie. Um, (laughs) you know, and, and that, that's, you know, that's a thing. Um, I love musicals, but I'm not a huge fan of 50s musicals. 
So, um, you know, they were so moving. They got up there and the guy was talking about um, listening to the Carpenters when he was a kid. And he started singing a Carpenters song. Um, and I have to say, I, I, I thought that this was in so many different ways. There were these moments last night that gave you a glimpse at how, you know, Hollywood is our great export for better or worse. It is our, as Americans, it is our great cultural export. We have exported this magic machine to other countries, other cultures, and they have absorbed it into their culture. They have, and, and we, by the way, we never call that appropriation. When other cultures no, take, it, we, you know, you call it a gift. You call it, um, right. you know, the, the beauty of inner, you know, international, it's like an international vocabulary that we can speak. And it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. And nobody well, I shouldn't say nobody, but I've never met anybody that feels any kind of possessive ding, for instance, when somebody, you know, talks about growing up in another country and listening to the Carpenters and singing it. And he sung it on stage and it was so cool. I mean, Carpenters is like totally dorky. Like I'm not a Carpenters fan. Oh, I, uh, we got to go now. Uh, go oh, at no. it. Oh, no. Well, Carpenters you know. And, uh, and just for the listener to know, he sang the Carpenter song, and I'm forgetting which one it was now, <clears throat> with with words of his thanks. So he wasn't singing their words; he was singing his acceptance speech to a Carpenter's tune. The I'm, I missed that because I didn't know the almost, I don't know the Carpenter. Oh, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was his acceptance speech set to a Carpenter's song. So it was, I mean, this almost like innocence of that like hi i'm going to do this thing i hope you like it and just the word okay and what about the guy that they the entire audience sang happy birthday to that was so cute that was like this short you know it's one of those it it was one of those um those awards that nobody pays attention to which i thought i thought that they did such a great cool thing because you know it's like best animated short whatever blip on a gif short film short film live action and Irish goodbye. And the filmmakers came up and they're like, but the real star of tonight, I think his name was James. He was small. I think he may have had down syndrome. I'm not sure. And, um, they said, well, what is, you know, this is the second most important thing tonight. It's James's (laughs) birthday. So instead of an acceptance speech, I'm going to just sing happy birthday. And of course the entire freaking audience sings this guy, happy birthday. Who's just holding the Oscar and going, yeah, cool. Thanks. (laughs) It was nuts. It was so sweet. And that's when my friend, my friend texted me and she was like, you know, I've, I've, I haven't watched the Oscars in a while and I haven't really been into them for a while. And I'm watching it tonight and it's, it's really touching. It was touching that. And look, I am, been pretty darn cynical about the Oscars. Like, if you'd asked me yesterday, like, do you care if you ever watch them again? I would have been like, not really. I was very glad to have watched it last night. Um, what other what other moments um, do you remember? So yeah. when the Daniels, the two Daniels, they won a few different awards, and each time they did, I mean, they got up there and they made it authentic and and which is an overused word, but it felt like they were speaking from their hearts. Um, one of them. So there are two Daniels. One, I mentioned Daniel Kwan. The other one is Daniel Scheinert. I think I'm saying that name right. Um, you know, lanky dude with like a velvet smoking jacket, I think, and like glasses with 
um, loops on them, you know, so it's just like such a dork. I think at one art point- Art school, he, baby. Art, total it's all art, art school. It's all art RISD, school. RISD 2023. Completely. <laughs> Do you know RISD? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. Um, but he thanked his public school teachers by name. And that really moved me. I don't think I'd ever seen anybody do that. And uh, like I'd seen people thank like one teacher. You know, I think there's like movies where, you know, the, the teacher's watching and they get thanked from the stage or whatever. But I had never seen a recipient um, pull out a piece of paper and read the names of their public school teachers. I thought it was... I'm getting moved now, you know, like I thought it was just like really incredible. And then um, Daniel Kwan came, came onto the mic and started talking about his imposter syndrome, which was amazing. Yeah, he's like, he's like, it's off the charts right now. Like what? Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. There was like this, and he had that, that like kind of jacket that had like, it was like a very sort of like interesting little almost. Oh, I don't know. Short jacket on the back. It said punk. You know, yeah. I think it, did. it was so it had flames um, up the side just, or a dragon or something like that. I don't know what it was. It yeah, was super cool looking. Like, I can't say like, yes, you definitely had the spangles and you had the gowns and you had all this stuff, but they almost looked, some of them at least, kind of passe. It's like we've moved into maybe another iteration of the Oscars with some like less polished pe- people and they're maybe a little weird, but they're like so genuine. I mean, I could be wrong. I could have been seduced by that, but that's the way it felt to me. And yeah. it felt beautiful. It felt beautiful. You you were able to start to really kind of more appreciate, like re-appreciate the movies. I mean, they they did say that six or seven times, like, hey, 2022, the when you went back to see movies the way you're supposed to see movies in the theater. I mean, I still will probably watch them on my laptop a lot of the time, but there is there was this kind of sense of green shoots and and rejuvenation. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, I think if there, I've talked a lot about Hollywood being over, and what I mean is a certain industry you know, a a certain industrial complex, you know, this like Hollywood as the global language. Um, The A-listers didn't win last night. You know, Spielberg sat in his seat, right? Yeah. But like you said, like you said, he was smiling ear to ear. He shot up as soon as everything everywhere all at once won. You know, he was so happy. Elvis didn't win one thing. No, Elvis was shut out entirely. Yeah. Um, you know, Kate Blanchett sat in her seat. Yep. And and the people that won, like there was this one guy, I forget which it was, he was in everything everywhere all at once guy. I think it was editing. But he got up there and he was like, "Well, this is my second movie." And I could just feel the energy in the room just like turn against him. You know. Yeah, but then he, it was but then he like, turned it around. He turned I felt that too, but he kind of turned it around. I mean, he he made himself he was self-deprecating after that, but yeah, I felt that too for sure. That like, oh. Um was he the guy that said about Lee his Kirk- very beautiful wife like all this spangly Maybe that was the guy uh, that No. Somebody somebody that said some, um that was awesome. You know, if you he said I'm with he said, he said, I'm here with the most beautiful woman in the room, which is saying something. He's like, and honey, if all of this went away, I'll, I want to, I'll do laundry and taxes with you every day. I mean, come on. This is, 
Come on. That was one of the most romantic things I'd heard from the stage. It was. It was. It was. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, then you had people like Jamie Lee Curtis winning, and that was a surprise to me. I thought that Angela Bassett was going to win for Wakanda Forever. And um, Jamie Lee Curtis won. And, you know, this is somebody that's been in Hollywood forever. I mean, they're showing these pictures of her, like, in Halloween. Um, How many Halloween movies has that woman been in? And well, uh, what did you say last night I, for the, the six million movies? I've done? Well, she was also obviously born into Hollywood. Her parents were Tony Curtis and Janet Leigh. I mean, she literally was born into Hollywood. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, she's, um, yeah, she's royalty, um, um, but, but uh, a weird royalty. She's kind of like a, like an outsider royalty. And kind um, of goofy, so you know? Goofy, yeah. Yeah. Married to Christopher Guest, you know, like a really interesting yeah. couple. And so, you know, it, it had this thing of like, of like the outsider Oscars. Um, last year was such a psychic slap. And I, I, I don't even mean that like, I'm not trying to be clever. It was so startling. I don't know what, it, it was just like, something's really, really wrong in the Garden of Eden yeah. here. And it's like everybody came to this and they wanted it to be a little bit happier, a little bit better. I don't know what the ratings were like. I'll be interested to see. Um, I I think there there, there was something about Kate Hui Kwan's speech that I wanted to come back to. You know, Hollywood has always sold the dream. The Oscars have always sold the dream that you could do this. And it's a really interesting dream to sell because chances are, statistically, you cannot do this. The reason people are so excited when they get up on that stage is that they have won the lottery. Not just yeah. of the genetic lottery, not just you know actually making it an industry that's hard, but the lottery of your peers have voted for you. And like, it's all very arbitrary, and yet it feels so validating. And of course, you people that are drawn to this industry have like giant ego needs. That's just same thing with writing, you know. And, you know, so I always find it so interesting that when people get up there, they'll say things like, so this is what Kei Hui Kwan says, dreams are something to believe in. I almost gave up on mine. To all of you out there, please keep your dreams alive. And it was very moving. It was very moving. And I, I, you know, you were kind of texting me like I'm, I'm tearing up right now. And, and then, and then what did you say to me? What's your, what's the dream that you're going to keep alive? I'm going to win the national book award. Yeah. And uh, what's my dream is that I'm going to be five foot 10. Right. And so I said, we probably about have similar chances of those dreams coming true. Yeah. But I pointed out to you that there is a new surgery and so I think that my chances might be better because well, the, sur- I, I the gruesome surgery that I could endure. I did come up with my book's title yesterday, so at okay. least you know, I'm getting Don't closer. Don't give it all I'm away getting, on this. I'm podcast. not giving. I keep my negligee closed, um, Sarah. I think I cheered up when <laughs> yeah, you said that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I think I cheered up when you said this is this is the American dream. I mean, I'm I, I yeah yeah, but I, I wasn't trying to be. Um, I wasn't trying to be sweet because I think there's something a little bit, a little bit twisted about that. And, and let me tell you what I mean. There, it, the American dream is beautiful, but it is so unobtainable for most people. 
And so there is a really interesting thing to these statistic anomalies getting up there and saying like, like for every Kei Hui Kwan, there are literally millions of people that are not going to be up there on the Oscars and are going to, you know, spend years sinking money and time and passion and things into a dream that won't turn out that way. So I've always found it very interesting that statistic anomalies would get up there and say, you know, I believed in my dream, so you should believe in your dream, which is a really interesting, like, I just don't like advice. And so like, I would never turn around and be like, I decided to write a book, so you should write a book. Oh, like I would never tell people like, if you're thinking of writing a book, write a book. I mean, well, maybe I would, but I'd also be like completely detached from yourself from any outcome. And I am somebody that follows her passions and does believe in dreams. But part of what I've realized is like the mixed bargain of that. Like it is just so hard. It is like, if you cannot follow your dream, if you can have a stable life, if you can like live in a financial security, like do that. Sure. That that's, and you know, a lot of people that are, um, are pursuing, let's say it is Hollywood, uh, being a, a famous actor, a lot of us has this this goal for a while. Um, the energy you put into that fuels the dream. It fuels the bigger dream. It's as though, you know, there's one giant, giant, giant car, which is, let's say, the Oscars. Um, but it takes millions of people believing or wanting or desiring, craving to be part of that, to ride in the car that makes the car go. And so you kind of are part of it. And and who's to say you're not? I've written about this many, many times because I lived in LA for 15 years. And so let's say, let's say you're a dry cleaner in Encino. I've used this example before because I've seen it. And I walked into this one dry cleaners, who knows why I was there. I didn't live anywhere near Encino. And there was a picture on the wall of, I can't remember who it was, I think um, Sylvester Stallone or something. And the guy behind the counter, the dry cleaner, he's like, yeah, he's pointing at him. He's like, you know, you know, he, he brings his jackets in here. So, you know, it could still happen for me. Meaning the guy was an actor. Yeah. He, that sustains him. Plus he's making a living. He's making a living for his family as a dry cleaner. I, you know what? I, yes, sure. There can be disappointment, but you're still riding it. And if you're still enjoying it and loving it, I, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't tell anybody to do anything except I've occasionally had people say things like, well, you know, you know, who needs another book? Like, you know, why should well, I write right. this book? Why, what, who needs another book? I'm like, that's exactly what the world does need is another book. Okay. So anyway. Um, no, I like your perspective on that because I think it's, it's sweet and it's tender and it's wide scoped. I think mine is a little narrow and focused on, you know, and, and I think if you, if you do want to pursue dreams, it's best to have that kind of wide scope, you know, that you are part of this thing, this thing that is special, this thing that Americans do uniquely, which is to make, make this, you know, this, this movie music, you know, this illusion that we can all participate in. I mean, we talked about how authentic all the winners were. I mean, the other thing that we have to say about this night was, you know, like how many of those women were on Ozempic? Hello, Smoke Them If You've Got Them listeners. If you are hearing this, that means you have just listened to the free portion of our, oh, I don't know, bi-weekly episodes with Sarah Heppla. Sarah Heppla, who's just so busy right now, she could not record this little uh, 
interim moment for you. Um, we're happy to have you here as a free subscriber. If you'd like the entire episodes, please go over to smokeempodcast.substack.com and sign up and subscribe. Then you will get the full episodes every week, plus some special things we drop for you on the weekends and our monthly, our first Sunday Zooms. Again, to get the full fig, that is smokeempodcast.substack.com. Thanks.